is my prayer today that the word spoken would be your words and not my own. It is my prayer today, Lord, that your word would take root in us and produce fruit through us for the sake of the gospel. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want you guys to give a big round of applause to Hannah for those big words that she just read in the Scripture. She and I practiced ahead of time because I didn't know the words either. So, <laughs> True? That's true. <laughs> um, the person that God used to lead me in the sinner's prayer, the person who would become um, my mentor and a lifelong friend was a man named Stan Wearson. Stan was this little chubby guy uh, who didn't have an athletic bone in his body, um, and which he was completely different for me. At that, when I was young, when I first met him, uh, sports was what I was all about, so I didn't think I had anything in common with him. Um, in fact, sports was so much a part of my life. You, you shouldn't have looked at my, my report card, you know what I mean? That's not, it wasn't, wasn't pretty. Um, Anyway, you might be, be wondering with that little bit of a, a, of a description of the man how it's possible that he and I would become lifelong friends. Well, um, one of the things you need to know about my friend Stan is that he was probably um, the most gifted youth evangelist that I have ever met in my life. He was, when I met him, he was already, what I thought was old, he's probably 20 years younger than I am right now, but he... But, <laughs> He, he had a passion for sharing the gospel with young people, and he was good at it. He was, he was giving, and, and what he knew, he was so good and skilled at it, what he knew is that even though the two people might be completely different, like he and I, he knew that if he could find common ground with a person, he would be able to effectively, hopefully, share the gospel with them. And that's what he did with me. He spent enough time with me to try to find the common ground that he and I shared so that one day he would be um, able to share Christ. So this is what happened. One day um, we were uh, visiting and he, uh, he said, Craig, do you like to sing? And I said, well, uh, yeah. Truth of the matter, this is the truth. Up to that point in my life, the only time I had ever sang was to the radio. And he said, well, come over here to the piano and let's, let me, let's try this. And what I didn't know at that time was that in a previous life, my friend Stan had been a professional musician. He was a, he was a pianist. And um, he, so he calls me over to the piano and he starts playing this song. I couldn't tell you what the song was today. And I started singing. And what we both learned that day was that I could carry a tune. Couldn't read a note of music, still can't read a note of music, but... I can, I can carry a tune. And from that common ground that we uh, established that day, he and I started kind of traveling around and we would do performances at various events and he would play the piano and I would sing. And um, from that common ground, one day, he looked at me and he said, hey, have you ever accepted Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior? Now you know that I first began, at least, to fall in love with Jesus on the football field, right? That was where my love affair with Christ began. But I didn't know until that day that I needed to make the conscious decision to say Jesus is my Lord. And the only reason why I was willing to listen to this little chubby man who I had nothing in common with 
was because I did have something in common with him. And I knew he loved me and he cared about me and he asked me one day, have you ever accepted Jesus? Now, I tell you that story this morning as the foundation to the scripture that Hannah um, started reading for us today. And I want you to take out your Bibles, by the way. If you didn't bring your Bibles, please start bringing your Bibles. Would you do that? Um, it's good for you. Um, I, Adam and I were talking, re- reflecting earlier this week, and we were going, uh, he said, Craig, you, it's wonderful that you paraphrase the scripture, but I have a terrible time staying with you. I'm warning you right now. I, I do paraphrase. That's why I need you to bring your Bibles. And if you don't read the whole thing while, while I'm preaching, at least listen to what I'm saying so that you can go back afterwards and go, oh, that's what he was talking about. All right? And I want you to be, this is Acts chapter 17, because here in Acts chapter 17, God is giving us one of the most fundamental lessons that a Christian will need to learn if they ever hope, listen to me now, What you will learn today is one of the most fundamental lessons that a Christian needs to learn if you hope to effectively ever share the gospel with another human being. So listen closely because you will need this. Acts chapter 17. As you're doing that, I'll give you just a little bit of a a background that will help, uh, help you understand what's going on today. Uh, We are, for those of you who are guests or visitors with us, we are on a journey through um, the New Testament book of Acts. And we are at a place in, in the story found in the book of Acts where the Apostle Paul has received a, a, uh, a commission to become a missionary to the Gentiles. Now, holistically, that is actually kind of odd that Paul would have been set aside to be missionary to the Gentiles. You know why that is? Because if you look at the rest of the, the, the story found of, of Paul's life found in Scripture, Paul was known as a Jew among Jews. What does that mean? Paul was, uh, his whole life up until he met Jesus, his whole life literally was about the Jewish faith. He had dedicated himself wholly, utterly, and completely to his faith his, in, in Judaism, to Yahweh, to God. He had dedicated himself so much that he actually became a, 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 a clergy person, if you will. That, it, that was his profession. He was a Jew among Jews. Yet, God set him apart to be a missionary to the Gentiles, to non-Jews. Now, why do I tell you that? I say that to you because sometimes the way you think is not the way God thinks. Sometimes God will use a little chubby guy who doesn't have an athletic bone in his body to befriend a guy that thought that was what his whole life was about. You understand what I'm getting at? So, You need to be ready and available if God wants to use you to reach somebody that you don't think you have anything in common with. All right? So, God chooses a Jew among Jews to be uh, the missionary to the, the Gentiles. And it was on one of these missionary journeys that 
Paul finds himself in Athens, Greece. Now, at this point in history, Athens, Greece was one of the centers of commerce and, and uh, the intelligentsia and philosophy. And that's where people gathered in Athens, Greece to, um, to, to talk and to uh, theology. They, they just loved ideas there. And they actually set aside a place within the city for all of that to happen. It was kind of like a, an open-air farmer's market, except instead of um, uh, the exchange of, of goods and services, it was the exchange of ideas. And this place was called the Areopagus. Did I say that right, Hannah? I know we're struggling with it, right? The Areopagus, Areopagus. And it was in this, this place set aside in the city that one day Paul was walking around just experiencing the, the culture when he comes upon an altar and the inscription on the altar said, to the unknown God. And as he's standing, all of a sudden, this light bulb goes off. I think it's the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had a light bulb go off and you're like, oh, it's the Holy Spirit? If you have a light bulb go off, sometimes you say, that's the Holy Spirit. Claim it, all right? So he's standing in front of this altar that says, to the unknown God, and he goes, there's an opportunity here. So he stands up. This is found in Acts chapter 17, verse 22, Adam. Get your Bible out. All right. Verse 22, it says that, um, that, that Paul stands up in the middle of the Areopagus and he says, folks, I've been walking around and I experienced all this and I came upon this altar that is inscription at the bottom says, to the unknown God. And I'm going, oh my gosh, we've got something in common. Because I think I know who this unknown God is that you've been worshiping all this time. I think I know his name. And then he proceeds, if you read the rest of the, the passage, what he does is he proceeds to lay out humanity's need for a Savior. What did he do? He found common ground with these, these people that on the surface it appeared he had almost nothing in common with. But here's what you need to understand is that chances are you've got something in common with almost everybody. He found common ground with these folks. And it was upon that common ground that he shared the message of the gospel. And if you jump all the way to the end of the chapters, verse 34, right around in there, it says that upon hearing this, the connection that he made between the unknown God and how he describes it here is that the connection between the unknown God and the resurrection of the dead, the hope of the resurrection, connecting those two together, it says that some listened, believed, and followed. You see? Why? Because he found common ground with them. He found that, that thing that, that they had, that they could relate to together. And then because of that, they listened and they, they believed and they followed. I love that. And as I am often want to do, I'd like to stop right there and just say, thanks for coming, happy Father's Day, but I'm not going to. Because there's more to the story, right? 
More of the story is that if you really look deep into the Scripture, you'll discover that there were some who listened but didn't believe and follow. In fact, it says right there, if you look in verse 32, it says that some of them scoffed at him, at the connection he was making. Stupid. Now, why would I want to point that out to you? I point that out, out to you actually to encourage you. Because simply finding common ground isn't enough. I mean, there'll be people that you'll find common ground with, and you think, oh, so if I can just find common ground with them, then they'll accept Jesus. That's not the way it works. People get to make those choices for themselves, right? So understand that the reason to find the common ground is that it creates the potential for, to, for you to build on, right? It, it is not, it's not a guarantee. It's the potential. So finding common ground is a big deal. It's important, but it's not a guarantee. I just say that to you not so that you don't become discouraged when you, you do that and you're like, oh, they don't work, right? Something else I want you to notice from this passage, which I find, I don't know how many times I've read this passage. And until this week, I never knew you pronounced it Areopagus. But something else I didn't notice was that as he, Paul is proclaiming the gospel here in the Areopagus, he never once tells them the name of the unknown God that he says he worships. Look, go back and look at it. He never once uses the name Jesus. What is up with that? Right? Why wouldn't he do that? Well, we don't know for sure, but I have a suspicion. So here's my theory. See what you think. I believe that Paul intentionally didn't use the name of Jesus in the Areopagus that day when he was connecting the unknown God with the name of the God that he worshipped. I believe that he, did, he intentionally withheld the name of Jesus to whet their appetites. In other words, sometimes, folks, dumping your whole load is not a good idea. You know what I mean? There's sometimes, if you guys, I'm going to walk you through, we're going to spend the next two and a half days together, and I'm going to walk you through the message of the gospel, and by the time you get everything, you will. Don't do that. Generally, that's not a good idea. It's a much better idea to, um, to leave them wanting more. And if you look at this passage of Scripture closely again, you'll notice that's exactly what was going That's exactly what happened here. Because at the end of all this, when he didn't connect the name with the unknown God, they said, hey, uh, some of them said, would you come back and talk to us again? I want to hear more. Now, that does raise an interesting question, doesn't it? How do you know when enough is enough, Right? And this is where it gets where the rubber meets the road for most of us. Because I hear people say all the time, I don't know how to do this. What am I supposed to say? And how do I know when enough is enough? Now you're throwing a whole other layer on. How do I know if enough is enough? If I know it, and then I don't know, I'm not supposed to. What am I supposed to? How do I know? All right. If you don't listen to anything else this morning, listen to what I'm about to say. Because this is a big deal. Ultimately, it ain't about you. 
Now listen to this because this is so important. Whose job is it to bring a person to a point where they're ready to convert, to accept? Whose job is that? Is that your job? That is not your job. That is, the, that is God's. That's the Holy Spirit's job. What is your job? Listen, again, this is important. Your job is to be available. Your job is to get up in the morning and say, Lord, here I am. If you want to use me today, I am available. I don't know what to say for sure. I don't know how much to say. I don't know who to say it to. I don't know when to say it. But I'm going to trust and believe that you know and that when it's the right time to say it, whatever it is, uh, to the right, I'm going to trust that you'll show me because I'm available. I make myself available today. That should have simplified it a little bit for you. And it really also takes away a lot of your excuses, by the way, too. Your job is to be available. Get up in the morning and say, Lord, here I am. There is one other thing you can do, however, to be prepared when God says it's time. And that is to do what we've talked about already this morning, right? Try to find that common ground with that person that you think you have nothing in common with, but you do. Because there will come a day when God says, it's time, and you'll be ready. M maybe it's time right now. Maybe there is someone here today who today, they're going, I get it. Today is my day to accept Jesus into my heart as Lord and Savior. If that is you, hallelujah. But don't just think about it. Do it. And I would be privileged as your pastor to pray that prayer with you. You don't need me to pray that prayer. But if you would like me as your pastor to pray that prayer, if you don't know how or where to begin, I would be privileged to pray that prayer with you right over there, that open door. I'll be standing right over there in just a minute. The band's coming up right now to lead us in our final song. If you would like to pray that prayer of salvation, I would be honored to pray with you. But this is something else I want you to know I'd be honored to pray with you about. My guess is you've got somebody in your life that you know needs Jesus. And you've thought, I don't know where to begin. I don't know how to do it. Well, if you want to pray with me for them this morning, I'd love to do that too. Ultimately, they get to make their own decisions. But the prayers we lift up, the Bible says the prayers of a righteous person accomplishes much. We are, not accomplished, uh, we are not righteous in and of ourselves, but we have been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. And when we stand washed in the blood of the Lamb and lifting these righteous prayers to God, He listens and He answers. So let's pray. As we start here, I just want everyone to just be able to sit down and kind of reflect on, on what the message was about. And, uh, when you're ready, just stand. Um, we'll be here. How deep the Father's love for us.
just beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch's treasure how great the pain of searing hearts though the father turns his face away as wounds which bar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon a cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed i hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin that held him until he was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished I will not boast in anything and pay my ransom but this I know with all my heart his wounds have paid my ransom praise God from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.
blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I'll admit, I was trying to take some notes and follow along with where Craig wanted to be and make sure I knew what was going on. And Then he gave me the answer to the test at the very end. <laughs> Just be available, right? If you have more questions or want to dive in deeper, as a quick reminder, there's a little afterglow uh, message, uh, education session, back in the education wing, to be able to dive in deeper you know, with a small group and ask questions about Acts 17 and what he's really talking about, and what Paul was trying to get across to them and to us, right after service. So grab a cup of coffee and meet back there to get into more of the depth there as well. Would you join me in a closing prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. It's just awesome to be in this place, to feel your presence, to be surrounded by your love, and to know that no matter how many excuses we have and how challenging it can be and how tough life is for us, all you really want from us is just to be available, to give ourselves to you and let you drive, to let you do the work, so that you put the people in our lives that we need. And I pray, Lord, for myself and for all my brothers and sisters here that we would accept that and welcome that in our life today, tomorrow, and in the future. In the meantime, help us all to just love those around us as you've called us to do and let you take that where that leads. We pray, Lord, again for our fathers, but most importantly for you, our ultimate father, and thank you for all the love you give us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Happy Father's Day. God bless. Came along and put.